podcast world. We're coming at you. We're back at you. We're quarantined, but we're staying consistent with our approach to try to bring you the finest guests, the finest topics, diversify everything from cooking to music to military to hunting to fishing to conservation to MMA to athletics, whatever you want. We're trying to bring you and keep it relevant. And today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast is brought to you by our friends, my man Ward in the city of Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, America. He started a little deal called Whiskey Jam that they hold in different parts of the city that has completely um, launched the careers of several musicians, songwriters, puts them on the forefront, gives them a chance to perform live. He's doing a heck of a job during the quarantine right now. You can catch him almost every night at Whiskey Jam Live on Instagram to watch these awesome singers and songwriters do their thing and keep bringing it. Don't be afraid to go onto these websites of all these musicians and support their merchandise. Support the merchandise of Whiskey Jam. Buy a shirt, buy a hat, buy a CD, get something going, get some revenue going because it's our our ability and our passion and our support of these artists. It's going to keep them going through these times when their tours have been canceled and it was out of their control. So uh, it's been, it's uh, made it tough on them, but people like Ward and Whiskey Jam are doing their part to keep the music alive. And that's exactly what we are going to try to do today. I'm honored to have our guest today. If you guys and girls are truly into music and the craftsmanship of writing a song and delivering a song in real country. And I know that there's a lot of arguments out there on pop country, bro country, tailgate country, girl in a pair of cutoff jeans dancing. And I've been educated. I used to be kind of ignorant to the fact that they're, that country music's dying, but I've been told by many people that this guy that we're talking to today runs with that country music is going to do what country music does. And today we have a guy that I feel does country music, right? Adam hood. Welcome my brother. Hey Chad. How are you buddy? Man, what's up? Are you in Alabama right now? I am, yeah. We live in Northport, Alabama, which is just north of Tuscaloosa. So, yeah, we're here today. Quarantined. Let me see that shirt you're wearing. What's that shirt? I thought Channing I saw Channing Wilson's shirt. I, I thought Wilson I saw Channing's shirt. name. You know, I've never met yeah. Channing, but he's a badass, ain't he? He's great, man. One of my good buddies. I've known him for a long time and just a, a, a good friend and a great songwriter. And we write for the same publishing house now. So it's pretty cool to have to call him a co-worker, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah, and last night I saw you guys got to participate in something together that had to be kind of special because of the COVID, and I don't know if it was all because of the virus, but we've lost a couple of your, um, I guess, people that I grew up listening to. I got into John yeah. Pine a little bit later, but I was into Joe Diffie big time, and I'm sure you were too back in the 90s. Yeah. But losing, you know, anytime you lose somebody that's in the public's eye, it kind of brings it full circle that this deal was really serious, and... um you guys got to participate last night in a tribute to John Prine and it looked like it was a Facebook deal and it looked like it was going to be um, singers and songwriters that, that were going to sing songs written by John Prine. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So uh, my, one of my best friends, Jason Eady and his wife, Courtney Patton, they, they put this thing together. So initially the the plan was, it was for Haggard's birthday. So April, April 6th was, was that, the first time we did it and so what we did was we we just it was kind of a tag you know we called it hag you're it and so one of us would play a, a merle haggard song and then we would tag the other person and then the listeners would go to that other person's facebook page and just kept on going well um i think they learned a lot and it was really successful and so and then that happened with prime and uh and i think you know the timing was you know sadly 
the timing was really good to pay tribute to him. And, you know, it was right on the, the tail end of, of the Haggard thing. And it, it worked like a champ. And we had a lot of people participating. And I think it's just, you know, I mean, you look at you look at the difference of songwriter and artist that was on there, like Jinx was on there and Channing was on there and and, uh, and well and me and Jason, Edie and, and Courtney and Caitlin Butts and this, you know, uh, Randy Rogers and just a lot of people from, you know, the Americana world, from the songwriter world, from the Texas country world, you know, and the, how, the outlaw country thing, you know, and it just goes to sort of pay tribute. And it's just a testament to really the, the reach that Prine had on on everybody that ever tried to write a song really i mean you know he was really the best at it his he just used he made words that aren't supposed to be musical musical give me an example give me an example that because when i listen to a prime song some of them can be taken as almost like man like if you remember the old eddie murphy skit when james when he was imitating james brown he's like james didn't he wouldn't have a word for that spot so he'd just make one up and go ow and then it would become a word it would become like gospel in the james brown in the james brown library but prine when you listen to his songs he does that a lot to where what you just said but give me an example of of something that you said that's on the tip of your tongue right now, Adam, that, that he did that made you go, man, he really just said that. Well, that song, you know, the, the, the line that says there's a hole in daddy's armor, all the money goes, you know what I mean? Like it's a, that's obviously a really drab melancholy uh, line to describe drug abuse. You know what I mean? And so like, it's just one of those things that, that, you know, it's, it's really a, you don't hear it in a lot of songs and especially not in that respect, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to describe, like, but that was the line that I thought of the most. I thought, man, that's really an abrasive context. And he just made it really musical and fit it into a song. And it's a sad song, you know, but his version of a sad song, it wasn't the same as, as like Towns Van Zandt's version of a sad song. I think, I think Prime's melodies sort of made it a little bit, for palatable, for lack of a better word, you know what I mean. And, and town stuff was, you know, it's really hard to, to to sit through some of it just because it's so. I mean, you heard him describe it one time. He said, you know, I don't consider my song sad. I consider them more hopeless, which is really, you know, wow. You got to, you know, as a songwriter, you got. I feel like you've got to be a student of of all those guys. You know, I mean, and and you know, I watched the the podcast that you did with Brent Cobb, and. uh, we were, you know, I heard you kind of talking about pride and stuff like that. And, you know, for me, I've gone through Towns and Grand Parsons and Prine and just all the greats. And, and I've found, I've dug through enough to find the things that I can attach myself to. And then there are things that I don't attach myself to and, and the stuff that I can attach myself to, I pull from, you know? And so, you know, I mean, he was, he was one of those people that I found more stuff than others to attach myself to as far as lyrics and, and ideas and just approach, you know, just kind of, you know, it's, it feels lighter. Like I said, it's almost more palatable as far as like a sad song is a little bit easier to get through with, with Prime's music. If that makes sense, does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. It's just that there's so many different views of songwriting that, that I, I, I guess I just want to get to the bottom of it because you, you said you mentioned Brent Cobb, right? You, and, yeah. and he's, in my opinion, he's on a different level of songwriting. 100%. Now, now I could be wrong. I'm just saying through my listening ability over the years, people hear me talk about rock music. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going somewhere with this, but I got to talk about Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I felt that when when somebody mentions the 80s, right, the first thing that comes out of their mouth about rock and roll, I have to take a note real quick, Adam, so bear with me. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I that I write down this quote that Brent Cobb gave me because I have these little notes on you, but Brent Cobb quote on songwriting, um, everybody. So when <laughs> when people talk about 80s rock, you hear the words hair bands. And then when yeah. people when people put categorized hair bands, they say stuff like poison and warrant and docking and white snake. And then they say guns and roses. I say, whoa, whoa stop right there. Guns yeah. and Roses was not a hairband. And they go, what do you mean? I'm like, Guns and Roses was on a different level, even back in 85, 86, when they come out with, with Jungle. And, and then when in 86, when, when, when Appetite for Destruction was finally released, I looked at it as they weren't singing a song called Look What the Cat Dragged In or She's My Cherry Pie or um, just if you listen to the elementary part of the most of the lyrics and a lot of hair bands. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't good. When I listen to Quiet Riot and I hear Come On, Feel the Noise, I think it's a great anthem to get you psyched up, right? But it is not clever songwriting in my opinion. Correct, but then 100%. When I, but then when I hear a song like um, Sweet Child of Mine or Paradise City – Strapped in the chair of the city gas chamber. Why I'm here, I can't quite remember. The Surgeon General says it says it's hazardous to breathe. I'd have another cigarette, but I can't see. And then, and then the next verse it goes on. And Axel and Slash are writing this song about literally moving from Indiana and the country into this place. And they wrote the jungle. Then they wrote Paradise City. And then they wrote Out to Get Me. And then, but if you listen to the level of songwriting, and I always took it as. That is genius. That is on the level of like a Robert Plant song, songwriting, like a John Lennon, like a Paul McCartney songwriting talent. Prince was an unbelievable songwriter. So I've always looked at, I've always tried to educate myself on the lyric. It didn't become apparent to me of how important the songwriter was of actually who wrote the song, you know, like I always just assume when I'd open up the, the, the cliff notes on the, on the album and I'd see, you know, an Axl Rose song or a Saul song. I just assumed that everybody that sang a song always wrote them. Well, so me too. And, I and mean, then, you know, then, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, that was always the same way for me too. I mean, you know, I, I kind of got started, uh, around the time Garth Brooks first album, you know what I mean? Like, like we're talking, you know, early nineties, you know, late eighties, kind of the same thing, like hair bands and stuff. I was, I was into the same stuff you're talking about. I was more into Bon Jovi and stuff like that, but I was, I was a big Prince fan. Um, and, and you're right. I kind of gravitated to musicianship and I grab you, you, there was an intangible thing that at our age, remembering that, you didn't understand that it was the song and it was the quality of the, the, the people that were writing that song and the quality of the musicians that were playing that song and the way it was recorded. There's a whole nother ball game to it, you know? And, and so I didn't understand that at the time, but I, I gravitated to it. And, you know, with, with Garth Brooks, you know, he like, cause I was one of those guys that I played by myself. I didn't have a band. I was an acoustic guy, sat on a stool and played. And so guys like, you know, Travis Tritt and Garth Brooks and guys like that, that, that you would go see them live and that's what they would do. They would have acoustic guitars. They would be playing, sitting on stools. Like I, I, I could associate myself to that. Again, that was stuff I could attach myself to. And then I started looking and I realized the same thing. You know, you think to yourself, oh, these guys wrote it, you know, and, and, and granted, you know, I know Garth wrote some of his songs. And of course, Travis wrote all the songs on his first two albums. And I know y'all talked about that the other day. And, and, you know, so um, it, 
you, you realize that. And then it was the, I'm like you, I kind of wanted to get to the bottom of why, why is he singing the song that somebody else wrote? And then I, so I got into songwriters. I got into Kent Blazes. I got into John Hyatt. I got into Delbert McClinton and guys like that. And so, and, and I get, I was lucky enough to get into those guys early in my life. I was like 16 and that was my path. I knew that's what I wanted to do, you know, and it's, it by no means is the most commercially viable thing. And, you know, it's, it's not going to make anybody rich, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, but is that I'm true? Kind of, is, is it true? Or is there, are there certain cases that it has? Like, um, did Dean Dillon become a very, uh, wealthy man? And I, I don't know where it went or what he did with it. I'm not worried about that part of the story, but I mean, to write that many number ones for somebody like George Strait, did, wouldn't he have become, wouldn't he have become rich off of those? I think so. I think so. Um, but you know, Okay. All right. This is a good example. So, you know, when it, when I just, it's, this is a whole rabbit hole when it comes to publishing and, and writers and guys like that, you know, because, because basically you kind of go in as, I mean, for lack of a better word, you're kind of employed by the publishing house to write a catalog of songs. And so there are artists that, that, that are, you know, like in, in my case, I was at Carnival Music for seven years. Okay. Now I'm at Low Country Sound. Okay. So, so when I was at Carnival, that was Miranda Lambert, uh, Chesney, uh, Billy Currington, uh, Straight, and so guys like that. There were people like that would would go to that catalog to find songs. Okay, now with Low Country Sound, you're talking Stapleton, uh, um, Isabel, and Anderson East. And, and, uh, but at the same time, you know, I mean, Jason Isbell doesn't need me to write songs for him. You know, I mean, he can write his own songs way better than I could write Jason Isbell songs, but at the same time, you know, that's, that was kind of the deal. So, and again, sorry to get off on a tangent, but with publishing, you kind of go in as an employee, you're, you're, you're hired, they take care of you. But then that's where the money kind of goes back. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, it, it kind of works like an advance almost, you know? And, and so I would say probably in Dean's situation, yeah, that guy probably made a lot of money, but he's probably an, I mean, I'd say he's one of the more well-known genuine exceptions to the rule, you know, for every Dean Dillon, there are like 4,000 guys that are trying to write the same songs that Dean did. You know what I'm saying? Does oh, that yeah. make sense? So, yeah. I, I, I think that, I think it's very it's it's just a cool discussion or a cool research program to go back and figure out like did the guy that wrote Friends in Low Places become a, a, a automatic over overnight millionaire because of the success of that song and where Garth took it right like to this day you you hear that song and everything and then how the publishing works where licensing rights and publishing rights are bought up whether it's by the nfl or by a certain tv show or a movie there's all these artists and songwriters that are getting paid you know years down the road from when that song you know like I don't know how many, how much money like the band Survivor got paid for Eye of the Tiger. Every time Rocky's played on TV now, do they get a cut of that? I don't know. I think it would be a cool research project to see how many royalty checks are being sent out to like a band like that has a song like that. Or like Kenny Loggins. Every time you watch Caddyshack or Footloose or, or Christmas Vacation or Vacation, Kenny Loggins was like the king of soundtracks, right? So right. how much money does he get every year reciprocal off, uh, off of those movies? Everybody watches 
those movies every year. How, how many times is Caddyshack still played on TV? Well, Kenny, Kenny Loggins, you know, wrote the theme song for that. Does he get paid every time he wrote the theme song for Top Gun? Does he get Danger Zone money every time Tom Cruise is on TV? That's the kind of stuff that you're like, man, these songwriters are getting paid way down the road, even years after Kenny Loggins might quit performing right. on a heavy tour schedule. His pockets are still getting padded by the ability to write those songs, assuming that he wrote them. Okay, right. I don't know if he That's wrote. Right. I don't know if he I would wrote Danger Zone. Yeah, I don't I know if he wrote Danger Zone. But Brent Cobb made a a comment on. Uh, on the podcast. And I don't know if it was one of the first, the first podcast or the second one, Adam, but he said, everybody can write songs. And I look at him, I'm like, no, they can't. I just, <laughs> I, I, and I love him. Like a lot of the things that he says, I look at him and I'm like, dude, for a, you know, for a guy that barely has any formal education, his street sense and street knowledge is like, he says some shit to where I'm like, wow, dude, that makes a lot of sense. Very but when he so. said that, I wanted to shake him a little bit because it, I, yeah. I've, I consider myself pretty good when it comes to like talking and delivering words and, and finding words really quick, like pulling them out of the sky really quick and placing them here. Um, but not everybody can write a song, period. You just can't do it. It is a pure talent that is, and I think he just says it, and this is my opinion. I hope Brent Cobb hears this. I think Brent Cobb says shit like that just to get me to shut up. Because he doesn't want he doesn't want me to brag on his ability to write a song, so I think he yeah, just wants me right. to shut. Yeah, I think that's he just wants me to shut up. Taking a compliment. Yeah, yeah so he's exactly. just like ah, everybody can do it, old buddy, and I'm like, uh, no, they can't. Yeah, I don't think I, they can. I, I agree. I, I don't. I don't think everybody can write a song either. To be honest with you, I think I, I think there are a lot of people that that would love to try, and you know, I get I, I get it a lot. You know, I get friends and 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 people that sort of send me ideas and. Hey, I got this idea for this song and blah, 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 you know? And, and so, um, I'm, I've always got my ear open to stuff like that, but, but I agree. I, I feel like that, you know, the, the whole craft of, of taking notion and putting it to words and music is, yeah, it's a, it's, it's something that, you know, God gives you things like that, you know? And so, I mean, I, I consider myself pretty fortunate to, to be able to do that for better or worse. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you were talking about with, with the different types of country music and stuff, you know, there's more progressive forms of it. And, you know, there's a science to a lot of this now, you know, and so I, you know, it, at the same time, you know, it's, it's the science of manufacturing over the art and of the craft, you know, and, and I've always kind of cared more about the craft of it. And well, I've uh, always, I've called it when you say manufacturing, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I've, I've went on, on Brent's first podcast or somebody's podcast. And what I did with them in music was I call it Q. I always, I term the words cubicle country because I just picture this room in Nashville with all these robots writing songs about tailgates and Friday nights and, and all this stuff. And again, how, who am I to say Luke Bryan doesn't deserve to cut those songs and have them become hits and have every 18 year old girl in America dancing to them. But I would have rather seen Luke Bryan cut or release tailgate blues to the masses. So people would go, wow, listen to the difference of a real tailgate song, as opposed to something that was just manufactured about some shit that might happen in the country on a certain night. But I grew up in the country and that stuff was, is not happening as much as these country music videos show it. So, but, but if you listen to the lyrics in a song like tailgate blues, I just sit there and go, 
that's life right there. To me, that is how you write a song. But again, I'm just this dude from Reno, Nevada that might not know anything about music. I don't know how to play instruments. I'm, I just have a, 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 a huge passion for music. It's, me, it's been a huge thing in my life. So I just yeah. think that there's a right way to write a song. And I've always had this theory of like, all these guys are in there just writing all these lyrics down and they get caught. They get, it's the same thing because it's what's hot right now. It's what, it's what big machines pushing out. And it's what all these, these labels are pushing out to radio and they, and they control country radio kind of. So that's, what's being played is a bunch of stuff. That's why I was so surprised to see Stapleton stuff get put on the radio because it's dark as shit. It's like, you can't, you can't, you can't sing along to a Stapleton song because you're like, Dude, this is dark, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and his voice is just so unique, you know. And I mean, I, I agree, you know, there's there's a natural, it's a natural tendency to if it works once to try it again. You know what I mean? Like that's that's in, in every human thing that we all do, whether it's music or whether it's cabinet making or, or, or the lottery or anything. If these numbers work, let's try it again. And if it didn't work, let's try to, you know go back and figure out a way that makes it work. And and when it does, you just, you know, you want to monopolize it. And and I, I agree. I mean, I don't, I'm with you. I don't blame anybody for doing that, you know, and, and with, you know, talking about the, you know, how successful a lot of that stuff is. I feel like that there's, there's some sort of, you know, I, I don't know, work ethic there or something like that. This, this, I mean, you know, you just don't, you just don't get that successful, doing nothing you know i mean you know what i'm saying i mean you know some these guys you know they they work for it you just think like you said it's just not my thing you know it's not it's not what i what i do and and so when stapleton when stapleton when that traveler record came out i felt like okay we got a shot now you know what i mean like now it's our turn and but but before but before that and i'm not trying to interrupt you hood because i love what you're saying here First off, I agree with you. I think Luke has an, a talent. I think Luke can sing a country song. I've been told by several people that I know that can sing country songs that he can, and he has. What, yeah. what all my friends say, Great I started song, shooting doubles. When, that's a country song, man. Country but song. then it all of a sudden went to everything was about the the charis, or uh, the the what is it the roller coaster song about being on about that, and then the one uh, everything was about the same thing in my opinion that whole theme it just went down that rabbit hole of girls dancing and shake it for me country girls shake it for me and that's cool but i think that luke would have been better served in my opinion as a country artist for longevity for huge respect down the road by his peers and by the industry and by the masses that a song like that he should be known for a song like tailgate blues and all my friends right. say, and there's a, he's got other country songs too. And I know that he just wrote one with, with Cobb just now that his country is heck that I heard on the new album that he actually plays on. So I think what you're saying is that they do have a work ethic. And I think that what, and when you hear that's that in, in your other point was the traveler album there, there was, hints of this going on like in my opinion i don't know if you heard the first podcast i did with Cobb, but i say that the lonesome song is the best country album of all time song to song now again Mm. that's very opinionated right you hear a lot you can go and listen to a waylon album or a merle album or a jerry reed album and there's a lot of strong albums out there in my in my in my country music history of me listening to country music i could listen to don williams or co or or waylon or any of them guys every day 
Like yeah. I can listen to Don Williams' greatest hits every day or Waylon's greatest hits. Merle, that's the way love goes. He's got so many songs that just hit me. But when Jamie did that album, I thought yeah. song to song, I was like, holy, that was a different level. Even from the dollar from his first album that came out, and then to that lonesome song, that was like, that was the, the album that did it for me. Like this is freaking country music back to where it needs to be. Right. Well, and that was, you know, I, I always kind of looked at that record as the one that got Dave Cobb to Nashville, because I feel like that they were, they were still in LA when Jamie made that record, you know? And so, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think that, that that one really was, was the one that if, if, if the traveler, paved it then that record of jamie's plowed it probably you know Ooh, that's I mean, a good way to put it yeah i mean so and and it, it takes it kind of takes all that to build the road you know and so um that's yeah, a good way to put it i like that yeah yeah man they Thanks. they uh you need to write that down <laughs> i know that's right hey you get songwriter credit for it we're for a third P- pinson said some stuff like that on my podcast with him and i'm like you need to write that he goes i did 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> He can now Pinson can write. Pinson is a wordsmith, man. The dude yeah. is he he has an ability to write some cool lyrics too. He's, yeah, and he, Bobby's one of those guys that you just kind of. I mean, I, I've been in a room with him once, and uh, you just you know you come with an idea and turn him loose, and and you got a good song, you know. And so that's to me that's a there's a knack in that, you know. I agree a hundred percent. He's, 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 he's stayed relevant over a, a, a yeah. few runs. You know, he's had a few strong runs. Like he calls this like his third or fourth run. Um, I, I think that, I think that when you, when you, you, you hear, you talk about like the Jamie Johnson's that can write a song and then deliver a song. I think that, I guess my point is, is that you guys, you and the Cobbs and, and Channing, which mm. is, is amazing to me. Um, I guess I just have a chip on my shoulder. I still do, even though Brent educated me on it, that those are the guys that should be on the radio. When I hear the, uh, the small town song that you wrote, like mm-hmm. I've heard so many songs about small towns and probably Mellencamp probably had the biggest one of right. all time. But that song just hits me because of the wordsmithing in it. The yeah, way that you, you the way that you tie the words together in that is completely innovative and creative and clever and witty and it makes you feel like you want to go back to cedarville california and sit at golden's restaurant and listen to the stories that the old timers and the farmers are talking and listen to my aunt yell at the bartender or at the patrons if they don't respect her at the bar like that's what it brings me back to awesome and and that's what a song's supposed to do right right mission accomplished yep exactly that's the way that i accomplished and I think that that's what you're doing with your songs and your ability to write a song is, is, and I, and I'm not kidding you. I had a, I had a texting conversation going on the other night with a mutual friend of ours, um, Ben Ratliff. I'm yeah. getting to it. Um, I want you to hear this. I said, I can't pick any favorite songs. And he said, you're not going to be able to, I said, well, what are your favorite hood songs? And then I go, no, I said, what's your favorite hood song? Cause I can't pick one because I'm like, man, I want, I want to get him to do one, but I can't pick one. He's like, this is what he writes me. Um, on the new record, I said, any of his records, what is your favorite hood song? I said, song, plural. I mean, singular, not plural. Yeah. He goes, the weekend, the easy way, real small town, Tennessee will (laughs) hell of a fight, the shape of things. He goes, he goes, the shape of things record and somewhere in between are both one, some of the strongest records ever made. And, uh, I said, yes, I love them both. He goes, he goes, uh, 
He goes, oh, and then there is also He Did is another bad. So he just keeps naming all of these songs. <laughs> he can't pick one. And so finally I said, so you're not going to pick one for me to ask him to sing? He goes, I can't. He goes, I can't. He goes, I don't know what that's, to tell you. That's a high compliment, man. I mean, I, I, really, I really appreciate it. And I approach my records like that. You know what I mean? I don't want throwaway in there. I want every song to count. And, and you know, that's, well, especially in this day and age, we're back to the world of singles now. You know, every, you know, there's content going out fast and I'm trying to adjust to it too, but I love, I love making an album. I love going in with 10, 11, 12, 15 songs and, and creating a body of work. Because to me, that land, they all landmark times in my life. You know what I mean? Like they're chapters and that's just for me, you know, but, but if I always, my, you know, I've always noticed if it means something to me, it means something to someone else. There's somebody out there. It may be, it may be two people. It may be a thousand people. It may be 50 people, but if it means something to me, it means something to someone else. And so if, 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 if my records landmark times in my life, I bet they probably landmark the times in somebody else's life too. And man, that's, that's what you do it for. You really, you, you do it. We're doing this to help each other get through all of this crap. You know what well, I mean? But, but is, if that's the case though, that this is where, this is where the argument that I would, I would probably, and I know that you're sober right now. So I yeah. respect that. We're going to talk about that, but I would have a cold beer and I'd probably get a little bit of a buzz and I would get in your face and like, be like, and be real passionate when I say this, like Adam, if you are so committed to helping people and writing these songs, to let them know, like you, you're here, you understand, you get it. This is real freaking time. This is real yeah. life. I yeah. would look you in the face and say, then why in the hell isn't anybody hearing them? And I don't yeah. mean that in a derogatory way. I mean that in a legit realistic way that your song should be heard by the masses. And what, if you take that song that you and Brent Cobb have a, uh, what do you call it when two guys sing together? Is it still called a duet? Kind of, yeah. I don't, that yeah. just sounds weird to me. That sounds yeah. weird to me. If you call, maybe a I know, duo. Uh, yeah, maybe a duo. <laughs> yeah, that's better because Kenny and Dolly, that's a duet, right? That's but, a duet, yeah. But Adam and Brent, that's a duo. Okay. <laughs> duo, yeah. When you guys sing She Don't Love Me Anymore, from the yeah. very opening note of that song, and I'm talking about just the way that y'all produced it on your album, right? right? I don't know. I don't know who produced it, but I love the production of that song. Thank you. I'm not saying Thank that you. Dave Cobb couldn't take that song and make it like something to where you're like, well, that's even better. But that song, just the way it's tracked right Right now should be a number one radio hit with the lyrics and the delivery of it. And I'm not saying that just to have you go, thank you or kiss your ass. I'm telling you no, that if, if you're going to sit here and tell me that I write songs for people to hear and have them feel that way and be affected that way, then the people that, that are running the tidal wave of country music radio and pushing the buttons of iHeart and Sirius XM and sending all these singles out to all of these different, all of these different radio uh, station owners, those are the ones that need to get behind it to let that music get out. Now, again, I'm ignorant to say that I know because I'm not in the business and I know that money talks and that these, these record labels and these guys are going to put out there what sells. And to me that that is not fair to country music because I don't think that a lot of what is on country radio today should be deemed country music. That's very opinionated, but it's so poppy. It is not considered 
country of what I think country is because, well, Brent's like, well, don't you think that this guy would have been upset when, when, when it transitioned from like what, you know, like from, or no, it was, it was Andy Griggs. If you listen to my, my podcast with Andy Griggs, he's like, there was guys back in the fifties that had to get, you know, they were, they were forgotten because the sixties came and then the seventies and then the outlaw push and then the nineties and then the hat brat. Well, I'm sitting here going, wait a minute though. I don't think outlaw country's ever been forgotten. I think it's got a huge, a huge stance in, in American culture today because of the, the rea- if you watch the Willie Nelson now American outlaw deal the other night, that was their whole theme. That it's amazing. You got to watch it. It's the, okay, the, yeah, whole, I will. the whole theme of it is how Willie stood his ground and did it his way. Kind of like the Sinatra. They even say Frank Sinatra saying I did it my way, but Willie Nelson truly did. He did. Yeah. So my point is, is that if you, think about all those guys that that Andy Griggs is telling me well you know don't you think that they were mad when they got forgotten I don't think that Mark Chestnut was ready to go off of the radio his music was still standing the test of time same with Tracy Lawrence which is a different story Joe Diffie like that dude's catalog is insane like insane those could be number one hits today so my point is is if Travis Tritt's in his 50s and he still has the ability to cut cut an album is his new music going to go into the top top 10 is he going to have a chance to climb the charts because of who he is because he had a lot of number one hits in the day or has he been forgotten i want to hear country music when i turn on country music radio and i don't want to have to go to satellite prime country or outlaw country i want to hear country music and that's all there is to and all my my argument was the brent was a lot of the shit on the radio is not country so i just think that that those songs that you guys are singing that that they deserve to be heard and that is where my argument would be where you're sitting there telling me, well, I just want to help people and get my songs out there and let, if it's only two people, that's fine. But the songs are, they should mean more than that to the, the general public. The masses deserve to hear them. And, you know, I have no idea why. I mean, really, to be honest with you, I mean, it, it's, I can, I can sit here and, and, and come up with scenarios. And like you said, I can, I can get into the politics of it and I can get into the money aspect of it. And that stuff is is relevant, yeah. But I don't know. I really don't. You know, I mean, I and but it's it's one of those things to where I I don't want to say I don't care because I do. I, I care. I, this is my heart. This is my this is this is my career. This is my life's work. You know, I want I want I want it to to reach the places that it's supposed to reach. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's a real satisfaction in every song I write. When I finish writing it, I know it's either good or it's bad. And, and I, I, to be honest with you, even the songs that I don't record, like we, I try really hard not to write anything that I'm not happy with. And there's a, there's a genuine emotional lift that happens at the end of a, a day of songwriting for me, man. And, you know, and so, and so if that's the case, then I know my heart's in the right place. I guarantee it, it is. I guarantee, yeah. I promise you. you that there's probably not a more rewarding feeling. There and can't I can't, I can't, can't do anything but stay the course, you know? And I, mean, I, and I love I, you for, and I love you for doing do. it. I love you for doing it yeah. and staying the course. It's just that I find it insulting that a group of people that I run with, that I consider my friends, that yeah. I consider people that I have common bonds with, when I have a party at my backyard and I got my Traegers going and I have my my Deemer box speakers going and I mm. play your song or yeah. I play a Brett Cobb song and it goes back to Drake and it goes back to Leith Lofton. Yeah. 
uh, okay, and I'm going to keep going. When I heard the Traveler album, I was in Fort Lauderdale uh, fishing. I looked at the guys I was with and I said, that's album of the year. They're like, you're, you're nuts. My buddy Brett's like, no, that's unreal country. I go, that's going to be album of the year. And they're like, dude, no way. This isn't what country music is. I'm like, it got, it got album of the year. The next year, yeah. the, the next year, the double Miranda album came out. And I looked at everybody that I was with at that time. I said, this is album of the year. I'm just, I'm not, I'm kind of guessing, but that's what I'm hearing in these songs is like, this is getting back to country music. That's right. album of the year. So if these albums, if Eric Church and these guys that can sing a country song are winning albums of the year, which he did with Mr. Misunderstood, she did right. with the double album with the angel one, Chris did mm -hmm. with Traveler, then why in the hell can't Adam Hood and Brent Cobb that are writing these songs, that are delivering the same kind of songs. And then my other part of the point of mentioning Drake White and Leith Lofton and Adam Hood and Brent Cobb, when Haley Witters came here and I heard her sing one song. I go, I want her on the podcast because her yeah. music's going to blow up. She's going to be good. She's yeah. real country. Somebody's going to hear that. And when they, and then everybody that heard it was like, who the F is this? And I'm like, this is yeah, right. so everybody I play it for on the boat last summer, everybody I play for at the pool or the barbecues or whatever, they're like, I love her music. Then when I play Leith Lofton, who's this? I love it. Who's this? Adam Hood. I love it. Who's this? Break off. I love it. So if you're sitting here telling me that I can say Chris Stapleton's badass. And he gets album of the year. And Miranda is easily the best female singer, in my opinion, going right now. And I think yeah. she's like the, the new Dolly Parton. She's unreal yeah. to me. And she gets album of the year. And doesn't that mean that we have an ear for it? Just in the group that I hang with, just with the people out here, the hundred people that I'm talking about, that's a pretty good consensus. If not one of them goes, man, you need to turn this Adam Hood guy off. If they're all going, damn, dude. This is freaking unreal. Keep playing that. And how can I get this music? Then doesn't that tell you like, well, maybe... Maybe Belding and the guys out there in Nevada that are listening to all this bad. And I'm not saying that we're the only that, ones. I'm just talking about this little small consensus. That's my point. That's, that was the thing that I was going to say. The, the fact that you are saying these things, it gives guys like me a platform. It, it puts, that's the wind in your sails that you really need. You know what I mean? For someone like yourself to go, look, man, this is, you know, and, and to do it on this podcast, you know, and you have, you have an amazing amount of followers and, and you know in the outdoor world you know and ratliff and i talk about this a lot there's kind of a there's a lot of symbiosis between the outdoors and and what country music it makes sense it's all it's, it's there's it's what they sing about you know and so and so many of them hunt right exactly and and so there's there's all this common ground and so by by you telling your people what you're telling your people it gives guys like me the, the just, just kind of the strength to keep on going, you know, like now, now there's someone that says, Hey, you know, listen to, listen to Adam stuff, listen to Brent stuff. And it works, man. It works like a charm. And, and that's just, that's really all you need because, because I agree with you, you know, you either, and you know, like you kind of look at like how Luke Combs did it. I, I feel like, you know, it was, it was one of those things to where he had, he had done so well, on streaming that it's just you couldn't deny him anymore you know and and you know i mean luke would tell you himself i mean he's not the most attractive guy in the world but nobody's nobody cares it's not it's not about that you know and so there's i say all that to say that that when the people can get behind you you can make things happen yeah but i you know? but I, I but i also think that they're and i agree like the, i'm so tired of saying it and i know that i don't have a voice in this that's the problem is that i'm not but you sitting, do chad but, but, you got but, a big what, voice but, but what i'm saying is that i can't i can't go to 16th and 17th avenue and pull a string and go oh 
these, this is the new this is the new band of brothers that's going to run country music. I'm not saying I'm not ignorant. I understand what the Bruschettas and, and all of and, and all and, and Vector and all the management companies. I understand their influence. I get that it's a business. First and foremost, it's a business. But there is something to be said with the word compromise. One, y'all don't yeah. compromise, and neither did Luke. Luke right. is a is a is a country bumpkin biscuit eating turkey killing. He sings about lottery tickets and four wheelers and and my future ex like that dude did it and he right. did it in a way right. that he, did, he didn't compromise. You know the old song that Aaron Lewis did with George Jones. You're gonna have to move here and you're gonna have to cut your hair and you're gonna have to lose a few pounds. Luke Combs is like, oh really? He like <laughs> took he literally took that Aaron Lewis song, Country Boy, and the yeah. verse that George Jones coming in and saying what he said, and he took that whole song and goes, okay, I'm gonna listen to this and then I'm gonna do the exact opposite and I'm yeah. still gonna show you that I'm gonna make it. And that's right. That's not compromising. So. If you're sitting here saying that I have a voice in it, what we're saying is we love to hear this stuff. We love to have this music on. If somebody walks in the room and they hear, she don't love me anymore, Mm. or I don't know. I told Brent Cobb this to his face. I said, I will not go to bed without listening to a Brent Cobb tune. Yeah. I just can't like his music has, has hit me like that to where there is a such thing of overplay. Like Eminem's a hero of mine in music. I could listen to an Eminem cut or a freestyle rap or a legitimate lyric genius. He is, I could listen to his albums all the way back to the slim shady days, but even his records would be like, well, once this one goes and this new one comes out, now I'm onto the new one and I almost forget about the old stuff because the new stuff's so good. Brent, yeah. Brent stuff and your guy and and I'm getting more and more into your stuff and I and and uh, I've only been into Brent for I don't know two years now, two and a yeah. half years. I still listen to Shine just as much as I listen to Providence and right. and, then, and then and then when I hear the songs that he does with you and now your songs, I'm like, these guys got it. This yeah. is the consensus that we're trying to say is this music, when it's heard, has the effect that you want it to have on people. Then if it's having that effect on somebody like myself, just take me. I'm not dumb. I'm not a genius, but I'm not dumb by any means. Yeah. I like I I love quality music. If I hear a good song by Andrea Bocelli or a Frank Sinatra or a Dean Martin or the Oak Ridge Boys or pure prairie league or vince gill like a lot of people Mm. when i was coming up in vince gill they'd be like man he's soft he's 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 not very country i'd be like dude that dude is so country that is like the new ronnie Millsap. ronnie Millsap. ronnie Millsap's list of number one hits like you i could listen to ronnie Millsap's library every day so my point is is that i think i have an okay ear for music so when i hear something that i'm just like Dude, that's so trendy and that's so by. But then I will hear a song that comes out of the bro country phase, okay? And I'm going somewhere with this. Um, this guy's name, he was on tour with Ken, uh, Toby Keith last year. He's got like a mullet. He's a younger guy. He sang a song about, he's from Tennessee, and he sang a song called The Way We Talk or something, or The Way I Talk. It is a song that was well-written, and when mm. it was delivered, it was awesome. I, I don't know if it went number one or not, but it was country. Yeah. And, and I don't know where he went. I don't know if he's got another song. He, he sang another song called whiskey glasses. I gotta have okay. my whiskey. I don't remember if you heard that. I'm but not that, sure. This, when I hear a song like that, I'm like, okay, there's a chance. This is getting a little bit more towards country. Right. And then when you put on, and I'm, and I'm going to end my little rant like this, when you put on, and I'm just going to name, I'm going to name a song of, of way too long that you sing. Okay. When I, when I put that song on, I look at the people that I'm around and say, that's a hit. That right there is a country hit. When I hear Leith Lofton sing um, Wingman that he wrote with Pinson, I say, that's a hit. 
Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever be heard by the masses. When I heard the album Spark by Drake White, it is a fabulous album, song to song. It never got never got the credit that it deserved. And I don't know what happened with the politics in Nashville. That is 100% between Drake and all of those people. But right. if you listen to that song, that album, it is as good as a country album can get. So right. I just sit there and go, if we if we have a pretty good ear and we're saying what's right is is like Chris Stapleton's album of the year and Miranda's album of the year and Eric Church's Miss Mr. Miss Mr. Misunderstood was an amazing album. Why can't we be right with you guys? Why can't we why can't our opinion be taken as gospel instead of ah man, it's you know, they're just gonna be the songwriters behind the scenes kind of attitude. Why why can't that why can't your music get out there? I just don't you, get it. You may be right and just not know it yet. You know? I mean it may just be the timing, you know. I mean, you know, the, this record of Brent's is, you know, I I'm you I think the, the last two have been amazing. Um, I've, I've heard this one too. And, you know, it's, it's different and it's awesome. And, and so, you know, I mean, I, I told him, I said, man, I said, you're like a, you're like a Southern male version of Nora Jones. You know, I mean, there's just, there's, there's interesting things and there's so little going on in it. And, but at the same time, you know, like you said, I mean, I could, I can go to sleep, listen to that stuff. And so can my two year old, you know, so that's, man, that's a, that's a lot of ground to cover. And so it just may be the fact that, you know, the right song hasn't fallen on the right ears at the right time yet. I mean, if, if, if I didn't feel like that, I'd get out of the way. You know, if, if I didn't feel like I still had a voice, if I didn't feel like I still had a chance to really, you know, be in a place like that, I get out of the way. If I if I thought I was on yeah, the other side yeah, of this, I get out of the way. Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Well, thank you. Because there's 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 a there's something going on here. There's there's a movement. I don't know if it's going to ever ever materialize into what I see it materializing to, but there's something going on to where I have never heard one person, not one, say you're wrong on any of this. And I'm not saying mm. that I'm, I'm not saying that I'm the end all. I'm just the guy that has the ability to, to meet a Brent Cobb and then get his music and then spread it to my mat. You know, the people that yeah, we're with it's your assessment of it. Yeah. And, and then, and then, and then get the feedback. I don't only just get the music. I, I get people feel the need to get the feedback. Like, right. Oh, here I am on my Traeger. Listen to Brent Cobb and they'll send me a video. Did you see the stuff? <laughs> I, did you see the stuff I posted yesterday? I don't uh. know if you did or not, but this is, this is, this is Drew Keith, who he hunts with. He hunt. He is the general manager and CEO of Honey Break, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Down in Louisiana. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sitting around listening to Brent Cobb. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, cooking okay, crawfish. So yeah. My point in showing that is that. Two years ago, that wasn't happening in my circle. Right. 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 It was, it was, it was, we had Leith Lofton, we had Drake White, and then it starts to spread. And now we have you and we have, we have Brent and we have, um, this new guy that I freaking love this, uh, Kyle Daniels. I like his, is his name? Yeah. Kyle? Kyle's great. Dude. Is, and then this Paul McDonald guy that is different. Paul's great. Dude. Paul's from, yeah, I've known Paul for a long time. So I'm, I'm actually from around Auburn. And so I kind of got started in Auburn and Paul was in a band called High Tide Blues that was kind of right behind me. So I've known those guys for a long time. We got a lot of common ground. Yeah, Paul's great. And I mean, man, it's it's a real honor to kind of be in that 
to to be in in these conversations. You know, I mean, I really appreciate it. Chad. It's really really cool. And I know I know that's not why you're saying it, but at the same time. Well, you I know, think that nice I think what you're old fashioned pat on the back every once in a while. And know? I think it's I think it's a pat on the back, but I also think it's that that the whole underlying message here and theme. And I, I do have a tendency to get really opinionated because I get oh, so I, love it. I, I just get so tired of I, I'm not going to be the guy that gets up on a soapbox and goes, you need to be a Republican and you need to listen to Rush Limbaugh. Right. You need to vote for Trump and you need to do I, I'm not that guy. But when I feel something about a song that hits me. And, and I have the ability to see if it hits the person in the room the same way. I promise you that if you take the second verse of morning's going to come on Providence Island, mm-hmm. Providence Canyon, <laughs> if you just take that second verse about those cheetah sheets and that single wide trailer and that yeah. mama coming home, <laughs> if you just take that, and I promise you this, if you just took that song, if somebody had a set of balls on them in the record business, in the radio business, and they took that song and this song called Way Too Long or your small town song or freaking Heart of a Queen or She Doesn't Love mm-hmm. Me Anymore. If you took these songs and you just said, all right, guys, here's Morning's Gonna Come. This is gonna this is gonna be our playlist for today. We're gonna be in rotation on these albums of Adam Hood and Brent Cobb. And if we did that to country radio, I freaking promise you that everybody listening to country music in this country would feel the same way that these hundred people did at my pool party. It's just a small consensus, but nobody's right. going, oh, change this shit. This, this. That's, that's how country music fans want their music. It's not <laughs> force. Great, it's not force fed. If you just, yeah. if I went in there and hijacked a radio station and said, well, sorry guys, you're not going to be hearing this tailgate song today. You're going to be hearing this. And then I bet you a million bucks. Nobody's going to write in and say, get that shit off the radio. So right, right. that tells me <laughs> that the business of country music is all about who, you know, politics and the amount of money that you can get behind something and what's trendy and what sells, because there's no way in hell that the, the people that I feel is gospel in music should not be out there to the masses, period. Right. That, that's right. just the way, that's my opinion on it. And that's where I stand with, when I, when I ask somebody to put their music on the show, it's because when I put it on, I go, holy shit, that hit me. Like that, that just hit me in a way to where when I vision my life and I vision that TV production being edited in post, in post and I can sit there and paint that picture with this song and understand with the meaning of it and what you were doing when you wrote it and what the vision is that I have while I'm hearing it, then I know that my project, that my vision is going to be that much clearer and that the project is going to come out that much finer and be that much more of a masterpiece. And when people mm. watch it, when people watch it and they hear the collaborations of the video and the ducks and nature and mother and the dogs and the hot coffee pots and the campfires and the camaraderie and the memories and what hunting camp does and what this overall lifestyle and culture does. And then they hear those lyrics. Dude, you got them in the palm of your hand. Yeah, they're, man. they're yours. Yep. So, so totally. I don't put, we don't put that music on there just to go like rah, rah. We know a country music artist. Hell no. When I, when I, when we play mowing down the roses by Jamie Johnson on an episode of the foul life, people, first of all, go, how the hell did this duck hunting show get Jamie Johnson on there? Yeah. But then they're like, holy shit, dude, he's talking about mowing down the roses and, and being a, being a, a flashlight farmer. And he's, you know, he got broken up with and he's trying to forget her. So he's trying to get her out of his heart. So what does he do? And he's getting rid of everything, including mowing down the roses and all this shit. Right. So, so I, I just, I, I, I think that, that, that it just is such a good mix, but my underlying theme again was nobody ever writes in ever in the history of our shows and our podcasts and our social media, not one person. And, and we have, 
I don't, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of hours on national TV now. Hmm. Not one comment ever. Man, you got to take that song. What, what, what are you playing that song for? You know what it is? Yeah. Where can I get that song? I, I can take, I could bring up Shotch right now that will show you where did I get that song? Um, where, where, where can we find them? I know that I'm staggering a little bit, but hey, with podcasting, no, with podcasting, you can. This guy's name, I don't know if, if you can see that. Can you see that name on there? Yeah, kind of. You see how long that message is? Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's something, something to be said there, yeah. So this is just a, a, a guy writing in to our private messages on social media. And I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. We get 100 of these a week on yeah. music, just music. Just finished watching Drake White's live concert stream, and I must say thank you for bringing artists like him and Leith Loft into all of us that share that way of thinking in life. Between you your go. show, between your shows, your podcasts, and now the cookbook coming soon, you're making the hunting community and the world a better place and helping us explain our way of life. And thanks for all of the music that gets us through. You are a great example of hard work and dedication and make pushing to make make dreams a reality. There you are, Chad. So, there you now, go, now, that's not that's not on us. I'm trying to tell you that people don't write in and say, "Dude, you need to get Drake White or Adam Hood off of your shows." You yeah. no more Leith Lofton. It's wearing us out. Right. <laughs> so if you yeah. can, so yeah. if on one episode you can play a number one hit like Zach Brown, and we have all of his life, we have colder weather on there, right? If you can right. play that, and then play Adam Hood over here, and the audience reacts the same then that's all you need to know that you can right. do this on country radio and get this music out to the masses. All it is going to take is somebody to get the balls, to take a chance and, and have a risk because the only risk is a, is a risk not taken and say, Hey, hmm. let's see what happens. Let's get this right. music out there. Cause it's what America wants. When they hear it, they're like, one, you dance, two, you sing along, three, you cry, four, you want to get in your truck and drive down a dirt road, five, you want to be even more of a, more American than you woke, woke up being. That's what your music does to people, and that's yeah. what needs to be out there. So that, that's my rant on it, dude. That's, that's where I stand on music like what you write and what Brent writes, and I think that it's on a different level of wordsmithing, and it deserves to be heard. Thank that's you. it. I mean, I, I mean, man, and... I feel like that I'm at a place in my life right now to where I'm more present to be able to kind of accept this and and be responsible with it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, well, what happened in your life, Adam Hood? Because I and I and you won't want to go down the rabbit hole. You don't have to. But when I yeah. saw you at at basement last year, and that all went down. You, yeah. it wasn't good for you. It wasn't good for your library. It wasn't good. That That's just the clean, hard facts. You, sure. you went on a mission of saying, I want to be more present and that's respectful. That's fine. Right. You've done what it takes. I don't think that you needed to, to, to do anything different. You just had a little bit of a, a, a bad night that night, but I don't know if it's the pressures of the industry or, or what, what you were feeling. I have no idea, but well, being more present is key. Right. And, and that's, that's the thing, you know, I, I decided I needed to make a change when, you know, it, it, it just wasn't fun anymore, you know, and, you know, and when it was one of those things to where like, you know, I mean, I've been doing this. I mean, honestly, I've been doing this in front of people since I was 16 years old. I'm, I'm almost 44, you know, 
And so I say that to say the wheels turn slow, you know, and you get excited and you do it right for a couple of years and then you get bored to tears, man, and just driving and driving and driving. And by the time you get to where you're going, it's like, man, I need to drink. And, and so, you know, that was good for a little while. And, and it was, it was nice. And it was, it kind of helped me get through some things for a little while until, until it just became to the thing to where it, it, it got in the way of me being able to do what I do. And, and that was, you know, I think you, like you said, you saw an example of, 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 of a couple of drinks just getting in the way of me doing what I do. And I just can't, man, I'm not leaving that legacy for my children. You know, I mean, they just, they don't see me like that here. And, and, and I just kind of got tired of it and just wasn't fun anymore. And so I gave myself a year and I said, all right, do it, see what happens. And, and, and it's, you know, it's, I don't think I'll ever drink again, but at the same time, I know if, if I wanted to have a beer, I could have a beer, you know, but there was a time when I could not, you know what I'm saying? There was, you know, uh, 18 months ago, two years ago, there was never just one beer, no such thing. It became something to where it was a progressive thing. And was it depression? Yeah. In the way, probably. I mean, you, I think it's just de- depression and boredom and, and just kind of, you know, thinking more along the negative side of life than on the positive but side. But mainly of life. because of music, because you're you're why you got a good personal life. So is it mainly is it because of the 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 industry wasn't accepting it? Yeah, I just I just you know and that's well that, that's the thing. I I started asking myself those questions. What's your problem? You know, what are you so upset about? And and I started looking at it and I, I thought, well, I don't know. You know, I got nothing to be upset about. And so, you know, I started doing the things that, that you're supposed to do. You know, I, I got my headspace. I got in a headspace to where, you know, I could think clearly. And, and I, then I started writing it down, you know, and I started, you know, I got tired of being negative and because, you know, being negative all the time, kind of where's my wife out and where's my kids out, you know? And so, so you kind of have to learn when you're, when you, when you, inadvertently train yourself to, to think negatively. You got to go back and retrain your brain to be positive. And so I just started writing it down, you know, and, and so now I can kind of look, look on the bright side of things. I've got a lot to be thankful for. And, and I can, like I said, now, you know, I just, I can, I want to be present. I want to be here. I want to be here to, to, to go back to say, like we were talking about, I want to be able to, to acknowledge we did this right we did this wrong. Let's change this. Let's keep this. And dude, I mean, when I can't remember the last song I play at a, in a night, I'm never going to be able to go back and, and do anything. You know what I'm saying? And so that was the thing, you know, it, I could, I mean, it's, it's different. It's different doing it socially than it is to do it uh, when, when you're at work, you know? So I don't know. That's my attitude about it. And um, I'm thankful that I did it. I gave, like I said, I gave myself a year and, and here I am. So answer the question, Adam, is do you feel that it was the pressures of the, from the time you were 16 to 43 years old that wasn't adding up, that you weren't seeing the results that you always thought you'd seen that put you in the position to get to that point? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it, like I said, I just, I think it was the, the wheels turning slower than I wanted them to turn. Um, I think not having a, not having a mindset on where I was going and just, you know, just not being present, you know, I just got, and, and yeah, when, when, 
when you don't have any plans and when you, you know, I mean, when there's no specific vision, it, you, you get lost. And, and, and so when you're lost, you, there's, there's no, you're never going to get anywhere. And so I just kind of realized, you know, man, I was really spinning my wheels, you know? And, and so I feel like at least now we've got a direction. At least now I can capitalize, not really capitalize, sorry, that's a bad word. I, I can, I can take the things that you're saying about my music as a positive and as a compliment and use them in a responsible way. Not, not use them in a way that like, that just say, okay, I'm going to take what Chad's saying and go out and make a lot of money doing it. But no, say, look, Adam, this, you know, Chad thinks this of your music. So, so be responsible with it. So, so keep it up, you know, do the, do right the things that are right and, and let the crap get out of the way, man. You know, and so that's kind of where I am now. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that in the headspace I was in. For yeah, life. you got, you got, to, you got to also keep in mind though. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I respect your sobriety. I think it's awesome. I think it's great for your family, your kids, your legacy. But always keep in mind also that you, you were beating yourself up over something that you weren't doing and that was out sure. of your control because your right. songs, your songs your work ethic, your commitment, your passion, your love, your desire to get the right lyrics in the right spot and the wordsmithing that was there. So yeah. you weren't cutting Thank corners. You. you weren't going in and saying, Hey man, I got a publishing deal, man. I'm going to scam these dudes and just have cubicle country. I'm going to have a ghostwriter over here and I'm going to go sit at the, I'm going to go down to midtown and go to losers and just get hammered at noon. No, you were doing your job. You right. did it. Yeah. You it's delivered not that, it. Not that evil of a version of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you did, you did not do anybody wrong. You didn't do the music wrong. You didn't disrespect it. You didn't put yourself before the music. You just get to the point where you're like, and everybody gets there. I've been there. It's like, man, am I, is there any validity to what I'm doing? Am I even Very getting recognized? So. Am I even getting recognized? Am I the only one that thinks that there is vision here? And then when you stop to think and you, and you see the horizons broad and you're like, wow, the vision's really there. I've been seeing this since 2008, but now all these people see it. Wait a minute. Now I just got off the phone with who that I yeah. just got to talk to this guy about a deal that he wants us. Now people are really seeing it. That's what it means is that it might not happen go. overnight, but a lot of people that are looking from the outside in would go, man, that dude hit it overnight. Stapleton came out of nowhere. He was on this music. <laughs> he was on this music yeah. show with Justin Timberlake and he sang this song and Justin Timberlake sang his Jack Daniels song. And there you have it. He's yeah. like, uh, no, actually, um, seven <laughs> yeah. years ago, How far I was, from the truth. Yeah. Seven years ago or eight years ago before traveler ever came out, I go, I was sitting in a truck at, at near top drive in Nashville, Tennessee and Leith Lofton put this album on called the steel drivers. And I'm like blown away by this dude's voice. And, yeah. and then it was, and then it still was a, slow roll after that then he come out with what are you listening to that single didn't make it then he went on this little radio tour that i happened to be on with drake down in florida and alabama and he was pushing and pushing and pushing that song only made it to like 33 or 43 or something right and then traveler right. hit traveler hit and it was like no no more compromise yeah i'm doing my song like you said it looked like an overnight success yeah uh, then all of a sudden so everybody's like, oh, so far from dude he was your yeah. age when he hit it chris yeah. is your age right or he's a little bit older than you right now. Like I think, yeah, because I, I think with that record, he was 39 when that record came out. So Yeah, yeah so he's 45, yeah. 46, so, 47 years old. I don't yeah. know how long Traveler's been out. And he's a freaking, he's a stud. So anyway, I'm going to have you play a couple songs. But that okay. that outlaw deal that they just did for Willie, last night they did Merle's tribute. Um, I posted it yesterday. Jamie Johnson did Georgia. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I saw I saw the like the clips of that stuff. Okay, I'll look that up. I didn't realize what that was what that was. So tore, all right, cool. Tore the house down, dude. Yeah, man. I'm talking yeah. like standing ovation in Bridgestone for like five minutes. It was just unbelievable. So then I went back and read all the reports of after I watched it. I'm like, how come nobody said anything about Jamie's performance on here? So me being as ignorant as I was, I went back and everybody was saying something about Jamie's performance, like performance of the night. Jamie Johnson comes out and gives what's arguably the performance of the night of Willie Nelson's George on my mind that Ray Charles did this with. And, and of course, Jamie, the first thing he says when they interview him on the, on the tribute is he pays homage to the man that wrote the song. And he says, I'm going to give homage to my hero because Willie was paying homage to his songwriting hero when he sang George on my mind. Right. Cause that, that's right. That, so it was just so cool to hear that. And then Jamie goes out there and you're like, he's really doing this. Like he's taking over the entire Bridgestone arena and Jamie Johnson hasn't been out there forever, you know, like, and I've always judged Jamie on the fact that he's, he hasn't had a radio hit in a long time. He hasn't had a, a major successful album in a long time. He stays relevant with that cult following. And the thing that the, the thing that really shows his his professionalism is how all of these tribute shows and like from Charlie Daniels Volunteer Jam to Merle Haggard's to Kenny Rogers that was on last night to the Willie Nelson one to all of them. Jamie's invited to play them and sit in on the band and be a part of that. Right. Because these guys that are in the inner circle respect him at that level. And that's where I see the music that you guys are doing is what Jamie was doing with his songwriting. And that's why I made that comment at the beginning of this, that I felt that that lonesome song was the album that really did it for me of like, man, country music is back, you know, after, after the Alan Jacksons and after the Mark Chestnuts and after those guys started to kind of fade out of what was being played on everyday radio. I felt that that lonesome song was the one that came back and really put country music back into perspective, at least for me personally. Totally. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, you know, I, it, it, the guy is a unique talent and it's, it just goes to show you that, like you said, you know, he really hasn't, he really hasn't been in, in the, the, the mainstream. He hadn't been in the, you know, Hey, I had dog in the fight for a little while. And, but you know, all he does is walk on stage and, and he, he owns it like he always has nobody. It's like, he never missed a beat, you know, and that's kind of, I mean, like with Brent talking about writing to Travis, I mean, man, that guy, he said he hadn't made a record in 13 years and you are, man, I can't wait for you to hear some of this stuff. I mean, it is, I can't either. it is awesome. It's awesome. And that's, you know, had, had we just sat around and talked about nothing, we'd still had a great three days or the two, like, you know, Brent explained it. Like I was there the last two days. It'd have been great, but we got some great songs out of it. But the, the, I, I say that saying, like you mentioned that, you know, the guy's still selling out shows, hadn't made a record in 13 years, still selling out shows because he's an amazing talent and because that stuff is just timeless man you know and there's and the industry can't put a stamp on that kind of stuff they and can't it, own it they it, can't keep 100%. it out percent can't and he's not he doesn't compromise he doesn't he does his deal on his time and yeah 150 shows a year i've never seen one that's not sold out and it's because when you go watch it the dude can pick a guitar write a song and deliver it the way a country music song was meant to be delivered it's an amazing talent that's right absolutely. absolutely like he's one of the best country music artists of all time and i say yeah. that with complete honesty and transparency of like you can't mention the greatest and then go back and listen to his library and see a live show and not consider him there he's the amazing yeah. He's a, yeah. he's a truly, un, it's, it's so awesome that y'all got the right with it, man. Oh that man. Is so it's one of the, it was the greatest experience of my life. I loved it. Say, so, hey, um, you got a guitar there? I sure do. You want to pick it? 
Yep, I sure do. Can, can you do a little bit of, uh, I don't know, you pick. You you got so many good songs. Like, I, I just named off a bunch of them that I've been going through. But, like, the small town one, do you, can you do that one right now? Yeah. God, I love that song. Show me that shirt real quick. What's up, Channing? Yeah, it sounds a good. Love, a little love for Channing there. Yeah. This is a real small town full of real fine folks. Fell on a real hard time when the boom went broke. And they worked real hard and they pray real loud. There's a real big heart in this real small town. The cost of living. It may shift just like sand, but on my grandfather's land, it's been steady as his hand I used to hold. We go out and check the cows, and that's where he taught me how to make my living from the ground, and I don't intend down. This is a real small town full of real fine folks who fell on a real hard time when the boom went broke. And they worked real hard and they pray real loud. But there's a real big heart in this real small town. And every Sunday, I start the week off getting right. I get direction for my life at the downtown church of Christ next to the courthouse where they decorate the grass with 57 flags for the lives we won't get back and I don't intend to forget the past this is a real small town full of real fine folks fell on real hard times when the boom went broke, and they worked real hard, and they pray real loud, but there's a real big heart in this real small town. I couldn't paint a picture of this place in my younger days. Oh, how times change. This is a real small town. Well, love real fine folks that fell on real hard times when the boom went broke. And they worked real hard and they prayed real loud. But there's a real big heart in this real small town. Yeah, there's a real big heart in this real small town. Man, boy, that's freaking hot. That is so strong. Oh, don't Thanks, be putting man. that down yet. Well, look at that Channing Wilson shirt. <laughs> Channing Wilson. Hey, on the Channing next one, uh, on the next one, scoot back off the mic just a tiny bit, would you? Cool. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, there's a real big heart in this real small town. A lot of good folks, they experience bad. I mean, a relevant song for right now. Every town in America feels small right now because we're so quarantined and we're living in like just within 50 feet you know i'm not going anywhere 
So right. all of these small towns, I mean, everybody in New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, wherever they're at, they're, they're all experiencing what it means to have that ideology of what those lyrics say. And that you can, when, when a community gets broke like that and broke down, it's the heart and the heartbeat of America, the heartbeat of that small town that keeps it coming back. And if we keep that thought moving forward with forward thinking, we can come out of this in a bigger way. So the relevance of that song first is key. The lyrics are unbelievable. And then you can't hear it and not think of your family. You just can't do it or history. So it's just a, it's just a badass song. Thank you, man. Well, and like, you know, my, my wife said the same thing uh, last night, you know, community is the key word here. It's community. You know, I mean, she's been sewing masks all morning, you know, and, and it's so, it's so interesting to see how many, how many folks are doing things like that. You know, just, everything just just you know anything to help the community you know and and so will I, she bring I one I mean, will she bring one over and show it to me in the camera maybe she's not here they they went to a they went to a drive-by birthday party so oh, they're they? somewhere yeah this should that's be so cool somewhere. yeah yeah it's cool which one you want to do you want to do she don't love me no more you want to do, you want to do that one? Yes. way too long let's do she don't love me Scoot back a tiny bit, man. Scoot back a little tiny bit, Adam. Is that good? Yep. I had a girl sweet as peaches, eyes as bright as a band of beaches. Kiss me goodbye, left me speechless, so she don't love me no more. I can't draw from a, a dry well, I head down the lonesome trail. Lord, I figured what the hell, she don't love me no more. So I can get down to Houston, and I can get there by dawn. I love the I love the chord the chord progression on that song. I love Thanks. I think it's I mean that's a killer tune, man. Come on, it. come on, for real. 
Come right. on, Hood. Get a little bit of an attitude. Come on, man. Come on, brother. <laughs> I'm talking like, God oh, dang it, so man. She can't put me in the ground. You break up with me all day long, make out my best friend. You ain't putting me in the ground. I'll be back. That's right. You don't kill me. You don't kill me, girl. You can't kill me. <laughs> you ain't getting me down. I love that, man. Just the delivery of it. It's got so much soul. And I think that that's what the difference is. Maybe that's what... Maybe that the the music that I want is funk and it's got country funk and country soul. And when I see you or Brent, like Brent will get up on stage and do the chicken dance and turn around and, yeah, and get his yeah. arms going. And, and I just think that that's what we need. It is a different freaking feeling when those songs hit you. I will challenge anybody to go download any Adam Hood album and listen to that song you just sang. She don't let me no more. Listen to way too long. Listen to small town. Listen to these songs and I challenge you to put them up against the songs on the radio and tell me you don't get a different feeling. I challenge people. That's all I do is I challenge myself. I listen to it and I'm like, okay, I'm not ignorant. I'll give it a shot. I'm challenging myself. My ears over here. My allegiance is over here. I'm going to give this a shot. I'm not biased. I ain't making any money on Adam Hood or Brent Cobb. I don't care to make any money on them. I'm not biased at all. This song over here that's being played 40 times a week on country radio does not do what these songs over here that need to be playing 150 times a week on country radio. Cause that's what America needs to hear is that that's feel right. good funk. And that's what Adam hood and Brent Cobb and Drake white and Leith Lofton and Channing Wilson is feel good country funk. That's, right. that's what it that's is. Right. Now, even when the, the better, the sadder you get, because y'all can sing a song, they'll rip your heart out too. And when I hear, when I hear the sad songs, that makes you feel all that much better when you hear a happy one. And that's what music's right. supposed to do to you. It is supposed to tear your heart out and then, replace it and that's why music's so important music doesn't allow you to go through the motions you can't just tap your thumb to an adam hood song because the lyrics are that deep that's what it does to me and that that feel good funk is what i truly feel that we have to have as communities and americans right now to get through so that should be the music that we're listening to to get through the covid19 and the quarantine is the feel-good funk of adam hood and brent cobb and channing wilson and dave kennedy and drake white and leith lofton and i there's more there's 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 and, yeah, and that's, there's a, that's a thing there's a that's lot right. of there's a lot of great artists out there but i'm saying that these songs are different because of one reason the lyric yeah. Period. The lyric is what is what's going to hold an Adam Hood song above everybody else's, a Brent Cobb song above everybody else's. And I think that I just don't think Chris Stapleton and Morgan Stapleton would have you guys riding with them and then say, Brent, get on the bus. You're coming on tour with us. We love the album. He got a text from Morgan saying, we absolutely love the album. Will you come tour with us? That shit doesn't happen if the songs are not legit. That's right. Period. If it's not there. Yeah, they're, and, and, and they're, the, they're two people that know. And you're, you're, you're someone that knows, man. I mean, the bottom line is, like you said, you know, your, your, your position in the industry is irrelevant. The fact that you know what you think is good and, and you have an opinion about it is what matters because there's, there are so many people out there now that just they, they don't want to give an opinion. They, they, I don't know if it's that they don't care. I, and I, I guess maybe that's what it is. But I think it's just the fact that, like, they just haven't been exposed to anything that moved them. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't hear songs that moved me. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. you know, I played guitar and stuff like that because my parents bought me one. It was just something for me to do with my hands. But, like, I mean, I got into this stuff because I, because something – something hit me in the gut, you know, and, and, and that's, that's the, the, like you said, you know, you, you've had that emotion. And so that emotion is what you gravitate towards 
and, and those songs like that. And man, if, if, that, if that's, if that's what I'm doing, mission accomplished, and if that's what you're, that's what you're drawn to, then, then we're, we're birds of a feather. So I, I love it, man. I think yeah, I do too. I think that, safe. I think that you keep doing what you're doing. I'm proud of your sobriety. I'm proud of your vision and Thank your you. focus. Your kids should be proud of the lyrics you write. Your wife has to be turned on as a freaking flashlight when she hears the way you write songs. <laughs> you can tell her I said that because it's this, it's a talent that is so sought after by myself personally of like, man, to be a songwriter, to be able yeah. to write a story in three minutes and have somebody play it a million times and listen to it and then and then have the ability to say, I wonder if they're really writing about their lives and you are. And that's, totally. and that's the thing is that that's, what's cool about songs is that I know that that's the life you're living in Alabama and Brent's living in Georgia and, and, and Lee's living in Mississippi and Tennessee. And, um, they're all different. They're all different. Um, deliveries leads a little bit more of a character and he's got a different approach to the way he delivers a song and he writes a song different than you do. And you write a song different right. than Brett. But at the end of the day, I honestly feel that there's this little movement there. And I know that it's been talked about by the revival and by whiskey jam and, and, and some of the guys that, that know you guys, I just feel that not being tied into that community, not waking up in Nashville every day and being way out West here, that music is sticking people that hear yeah. it way out here. They want more of it. And, and that's, that's, that's how it's going to be. And that's, you guys get on a tour, you and Brent come out here, let's do a little Western swing and put together eight or 10 gigs this summer at the end of this COVID Man. and do a coming out of the quarantine tour, Adam hood and Brent Cobb, I'll sell out every venue. We'll go out. Your music will do that on its own where we play and we'll have a big time and just keep spreading the word because people Dude. deserve to hear it. And it's magic. I love it. I love everything you just said. That would be so much fun, man. I, I, I say when. I mean, yep. say well, when. Let's, let's on, start I'm talking on. to BC and see what his tour dates are, and then let's just keep okay. getting it out there because it's like. Uh, I just feel that, it, that that it's gonna pop and that something's gonna happen where people are gonna be like, hmm. And I think I really think somebody like Haley Witters is gonna pop. I really think her delivery is different. She's doing great, man. I yeah, think I think her great. I think her songs are different for a female. I just and I don't mean to tear you know like separate male female songwriters or whatever. But the bottom line is is that that her her songs are different to me as is a female writer and a female singer. She's just great. Yeah. I love and stuff. that's a perspective, you know, I mean, in, in the same time, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's nice for, for, you know, women to have the voice that they deserve in country music. And she's, I think she's carrying on. She's, they passed the torch to her, man. I agree. Haley's a talent, dude. I think she's awesome. So yeah, well, I'm all, man. And dude, thank you so much for what you're doing. I mean, what I, I, I know you don't do it for, for that, but it really, it, I, I couldn't get my music to people if it weren't for what you do. You know, I mean, the fact that it's out there where you are, it's, it's a tribute to you, you know, oh, I mean, we're going to, we're going to really have it on T we're going to have it on national, the, the masses that we relate to are going to hear it. And we're going to, and we're going to do a good job of, because I'm passionate about it because it, it makes me feel the way I do. So I would be dumb not to like want it to help somebody else, you know, feel this way. Cause it's such, it's just different. It's a different, it's a different music and it's country and we all deserve to hear it period. Yeah. Thank so you. keep doing Man. what you're doing. Don't change anything. You pick one now. What do you want to go out on? This is Adam Hood. You can find him on iTunes, all of your music platforms. You can find him on Instagram. Adam, it's at Adam Hood Music. Yes, Instagram is at, at Adam Hood Music. Yeah. At Adam Hood Music. He is outstanding singer-songwriter from the state of Alabama. You'll hear his songs on The Foul Life, all of our social media, our live events. Be looking for him live at, after the quarantine ends. We're going to put together some shows. He's a true 
master of songwriting in my opinion so kudos to him and brent cobb and lead lothan and drake white and channing wilson dave kennedy and Haley witters and the ones that are not compromising and they are going to get their voices heard that's what our mission is we're proud to do it this has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody usually we go out with a song by leith lothan and drake white called what you gonna do when the money's all gone today we're gonna go out with what what are we going out with adam hood since it's turkey season, I want to do one for my dad. We'll do He Did for my dad. All right, He Did. This one's by Adam Hood. Y'all check him out again on iTunes. Thank y'all so much for listening to another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. We truly appreciate all the support. Here's Adam Hood. He did. I drive one way to get there, take another way back. It might take a little longer. Burn a little more gas. The only rhyme or reason for it is he did. I try to catch a sunrise every chance I get. Make a pot of coffee, smoke a cigarette. I finally acquired a taste for it like he did. I've heard him say when I was young, boy, you're nothing but your father's son. And out of all I dreamed that I'd become, so one thing I'm proud I've done. So I don't spend the nickel till every deal's paid. I don't waste my money if it ain't made by a Chevrolet. And I can fix it with just a craftsman wrench like he did. I've heard him say when I was young, Oh, you're nothing but your father's son. Out of all I dream that I've become, it's the one thing I'm proud I've done. So I take off the first leap, unseasoned hits, marry my best friend, have a couple kids, and teach them how to make the best, how they live, like he did.